my mission was to inspire, encourage, and equip 100,000 families to come alive and thrive. I mean, that's the Holy Spirit showing up and just saying, hey, dude, here's your mission, right? And so I'm going to take you on a journey to get you there, to prepare you and, and to move you into that. Welcome to The Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents He's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. Today on the Kindling Fire, we're going to be talking to a health and life coach named Jerry Bandman. Uh, he runs a program called Identity Intervention and really focuses in on how your identity, uh, for better or worse, affects your physical health. It's a great conversation. I'm going to jump us right into the middle of it. You know, it, it's very interesting that uh, I, I find that there are many people that are kind of stepping into more and more of their God-given identity uh, sort of in later years. And... Um, and I don't, I mean, I'm older than you, so it's just sort of like, I, I, I don't know if it's normal or abnormal. I don't know what to think about it, but it's been my experience as well to where the, it's like the more and more, the older I get, the more and more I am my true self, um, if that makes sense. I, I'm curious your, your take on that, like just from a time, you know, you in your 30s or your 40s and like, you know, what that, like... Do you did you find that that or did you, did you have a solid identity back in your twenties and it's not changed like what? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no. I I would say it was anything but solid. Um, you know, I, I think you're spot on. It's it's the uh, I think that what you described is is very true for so so many people. And in fact, that's um, you know back before I really um, had full clarity on uh, this concept of identity intervention and all of that, which I'm sure we'll get to. But uh, one of the um, visions that sort of flashed uh, into my mind, and, and I really believe this was God at work, uh, was, and it's actually very specific, but it was to, that my mission was to inspire, encourage, and equip 100,000 families to come alive and thrive. And, you know, that's, that's insanely specific. Um, and, you know, what I know now is that, I mean, that's the Holy Spirit showing up and just saying, hey, dude, here's your mission, right? Like, this is what you're going to do. Um, and so I'm going to take you on a journey to get you there, to prepare you and, and to move you into that, um, that mission field. And the reason that that resonated so strongly with me at the time is I in conversations with people, I would talk to people that I had this heaviness about my life. I had a, a sense that I was just surviving and recognized that there is just no way that God created us, um, particularly as his children, to merely survive life, right? To, to have this heaviness and um, kind of a darkness around us. Um, there's just no way that we can be the light and the salt in the world in, in that state. 
Mm. And that's really what brought about, I would say, a lot of my um, stepping into my God-given identity. And it was definitely, I would say it really began to trigger at about two years ago, so at the age of 47. So, so that's one symptom. I mean, that's a great description, that sort of general heaviness, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you know, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, but do we have it? Do we live it? Do we know it? Um, you know, peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is that something we we walk in and day in and day out? You know, those are great signs. Did you did you notice any other signs where you're like, I, I'm not quite where I need to be? Uh, heaviness you highlighted yeah. is one. Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. I would say one of the big other things that kind of um, surfaced through this entire process is I had been living my life, um, and the best way I can illustrate it is living my life like a funnel where, you know, the best visual I can give you is it was like I was kind of fumbling around with a giant funnel overhead, and my goal in life was to receive, right? So my focus was really all about um, need and taking and um, asking God for blessing and, you know, and then coming to realize, I mean, it's pretty clear in the Bible that this is not the model um, that God laid out and that Christ exemplified for us, right? Um, because Jesus served. It was all about the service. It was about the outgoing. Um, And so when I talk about just surviving, um, one of the key kind of senses that I had is that there was just no abundance. It was the opposite of abundance. And my thought was, you know, pleading for abundance. And that's that funnel model, right? And, And that's just not the way we were designed to operate. Um, what I've since realized that the model that resonates far more is that more of a conduit where um, there's incoming and there's outgoing, and my responsibility is merely to focus on the outgoing. Um, so to serve with generosity based on what God has already equipped me with, what he's already given to me, the resources, the, the gifting, and uh, the people, the connections, um, to, to really just focus on sowing and um, allow and know that the abundance will show up. It, it will always, uh, the supply will always be more than what is required for the outflow. Um, so that was another huge shift for me, I think, in that um, that time period where I uh, shifted uh, more into my identity in Christ uh, as opposed to seeking to serve myself. Oh, my gosh. So uh, that's super convicting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I, the reason I, it's super convicting that, that scripture comes to mind that says you will know a tree by its fruit. You know, Jesus said mm-hmm. you will know a tree, yeah. the nature of it, by the fruit it produces. And, and I think I was, I've been that guy, might even be that guy, you know, where you're, you're just like, you know, what's my calling? What's my mission? What's my this? Where's my, you know, it's a constant in-focused fl- in prayers, in focused yes. Bible reading, um, in focused everything, right? And, but the mm-hmm. fruit of that is this malaise, this discontent, this I never quite get it, I never quite find it. I, it's never the, the gear never finds its you know uh, area to, to to get engaged in. And the Lord has been directing me um, in a more that 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 view of no, it's in the serving, like give. Like you have more than yeah. you need, but you give so little. Give. And, and all the things yeah. you're worried about and seeking me about, 
you know, all that will happen too. But but if you if you won't give, it's just a dead sea. It's just there is going to be no life. Exactly. Yeah. Very very true. Yeah. So wow. All right. So I didn't realize you were going to convict me. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that, I don't think it was me. No, okay, well, then the Holy Spirit. And I'd say for you listeners, um, especially if you've been in that, you know, listening to podcasts and reading books and, and in this constant search, it very well be what you're looking for is is not what you're receiving, but the call to where you can offer what you have already, right now, today. Um, yeah, and I think, Troy, just to, to jump back if I could, um, you asked about, um, you know, the knowing how to show up piece, right, and, and about when this happened, like if, it, if it's fairly typical that it happens kind of in later years. And I think, I think it often does, and, and I don't have enough of a sampling to, to be able to say, but, you know, perhaps it's God at work awakening, you know, people that are kind of our age and, and a little bit more experienced in life, um, which is a nice way to put it. Um, yeah. But I think one of the, what's been on my heart now, and, and again, we can touch on this later, but with this identity intervention concept, um, my initial intent was I start helping people shift their identity around health. Um, but that it, it, the identity intervention or shifting to become the person that God designed you to be uh, affects every area. So um, I've been teaching this, and, and because of that kind of, uh, purpose or mission that God put on my heart to inspire, encourage, and equip 100,000 families to come alive and thrive, I recognize that that had to happen in, in my own family first, right? Mm-hmm. That's my primary area of responsibility, my first area of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I was able to speak into our son who's 18 um, and see him and help him discover his gifting and, and really be able to do exactly what you just talked about, right? Look at how is he equipped and what are those talents, what are the gifts that he can employ to serve others as a teenager. He doesn't have to wait until he's 49 like I did, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that's the other piece that inspires me when you ask about, you know, is this common that, you know, finding and stepping into your God-given purpose at, you know, later years is that common? I think it is. But I don't think it needs to be, and I think going forward, um, I certainly want to share this with parents who can then share it with their children um, and get to that place early on. So, um, okay, great, awesome. So, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question and see uh, which hell you respond. Speaking sure. of speaking of Jesus, um, who named Jesus Jesus? Do you know? So I was reading the Bible this morning, and I recognized something that was just this quick little insight that I thought was so fascinating, is that Joseph had a dream, and in the dream, the angel said, you name him Jesus, uh, because he will be, the, the, for the salvation, of, for, for his people, he will bring salvation. It didn't say, right. I named him Jesus. It didn't say, his right. name is Jesus. It said, Father earthly father, you name him his God-given identity. And it, and it was just this, it was just this powerful revelation that it was like God in combination with us, uh, dads, parents, 
It's like you want to get the heartbeat of God to be able to name identity in your children that is God-given identity. They will get it directly from God, just like Jesus got things directly from God and came directly from God. But God wants to partner yeah. with you as a parent to to hear the the the, the um, voice of God saying, "You shall name him because this is a part of His purpose of calling." I think that's really yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, and I, I love what you're saying uh, about that because it's. Um, yeah, that's, that's so good. So, so let's let's uh, take kind of a two-part here. First part would be I'm very interested in your sort of self-identity about being a healthy person. I think that was a really interesting story that I want you to share. Um, and then uh, you can we can get into more of the meat about what you mean by identity intervention and kind of the your, your thoughts about that. Sure. Long story short, um, I'll, I'll cut to the chase, but the, when I was about 11 or 12 years old, um, so I, I tended to be overweight, um, and we were at a family camping trip, and what ended up happening is one of the men um, was pretty crude, made some kind of crude comments about um, my appearance being overweight because uh, I had my shirt off because it was a hot day in the summertime. And... My mom, who was well-meaning at the time, um, came and uh, put her arm around me, suggested that perhaps it would be better if I put my shirt on. So um, in kind of working backwards and, and, you know, a lot of the research and reading that I do around um, psychology and whatnot, but what I learned is that my identity essentially at that moment when my mom came and uh, reinforced with great intent but reinforced uh, what this uh, man was um, making fun of me about, you know, my overweight state. And um, at that point, my identity as being overweight just got locked in. And the unfortunate byproduct of that is, and this is true for all of us, is that we act on autopilot in alignment with our hidden identity, so our subconscious identity that's locked away. Um, we don't have visibility to it for the most part. Um, and also, for the most part, it is formed in our childhood uh, by the age of seven or through trauma later on. So an intense emotional uh, incident like the one that I had, where it just really has an impact um, on your psyche. And in that instant, your identity can shift. And in that case, obviously, the identity was not an empowering one. Hmm. So the way that then plays out through the rest of life is, um, in my instance, was that I would uh, get really serious about um, eating well and exercising regularly. And I would get on this stint and I would be there for a while. And then all of a sudden, despite my best efforts, I just couldn't maintain those habits any longer. And I would drift away. And then so if you look at my history, my body weight just kept on moving up and down and up and down, and it was like a 50-pound spread. Wow. And so, right, it went from, you know, healthy body weight and being in good physical shape, uh, doing all the right things, and but it was through willpower. It was through willpower that I was seeking to um, change my behavior and thereby change my state. And the one thing that I learned is that uh, willpower is weak when we need it the most. Right. In those in those instances where you say as a dad you've 
uh, you're on this exercise regimen, you're eating really well, you're the, the picture of health until you have a really difficult day at work and you come home and you know the, the children are screaming and uh, you know there's an unexpected bill waiting for you and, and in that moment you you need to I mean one of the best things for you obviously aside from you know prayer and handing out handing it all over to God is uh, get up there and exercise right because it that's the, but that's the time when we tend to go inside we tend to to um, go within as opposed to um, getting our power from Christ uh, and doing the things that are actually good for us. And, and typically, if I've been using willpower to that point, in that moment when I'm under stress is when willpower will let me down and I will revert back to the behavior that is in perfect alignment with my hidden identity. Mm-hmm. And so if my identity isn't one of health, then my automatic behaviors when I'm not consciously choosing them is going to be unhealthy behaviors. Mm. So I'm not going to be exercising my body. I'm not going to be eating well. Uh, in fact, and I mean, this is pretty common, right? A pretty common story. That's when I reach for the tub of ice cream, typically. Yeah. Wow. That Man, there's so much there. Uh, not to be Mr. Biblehead today, but, but there is another scripture yeah. in John 20. And in it, uh, it Jesus, um, this is after the resurrection, and it's actually his first appearance. And he makes a comment to Mary, and he says, tell my brothers, you know, that, that I'm alive. Uh, and, that, um, and then he makes some comment about uh, my father and your father, uh, meaning that, you know, as a listener, uh, first off, the disciples, it was the first time they were ever called Jesus' personal brothers. So he calls them, he gives them like identity in that. Uh, and, uh, and then also he refers to um, God, which, you know, was he was, everybody knew that he was making claims that he was God's son. But now he was saying, no, he is your father too. So again, another identity piece. And then it goes on to, for him to reveal mission to them, and then it goes on to reveal them receiving the Holy Spirit, which is the empower to do mission. So that sequence, identity, mission, um, and and then uh, empowerment starts with identity. Like identity is huge, huge, and we are trying to get mission and empowerment while our identity is in shambles. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and like I said earlier, um, we can willpower our way, you know, through the action steps for a while. But if it's out of alignment with our core identity, right, then eventually, particularly when things become difficult, we'll revert. We'll revert to the behaviors that are actually aligned with the underlying identity that we haven't addressed. So, so talk to us about this intervention. What, 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 is, what kind of insights has, has the Lord given you in, in this? My, uh, so Lisa, my wife, doesn't actually like the, the, uh, the name that I've given this. Um, but I keep saying to her, you know, this, is, this really is what it is. It's, you know, an intervention typically is when a group of friends or uh, family members will um, intervene on behalf of someone who is acting out of alignment with who they were designed to be, right? So they're they're actually harming themselves and others yeah. through certain behaviors. And so what 
identity intervention, the, behind, the idea behind this is that we intervene on our own behalf, right? So on our true identity, our God-given identity. Um, and so we're basically calling our false identities out so that we can release them and step into our true God-given identity. And that has then to do with all sorts of things, as you said, you know, our, our mission and our purpose in life all stems from our identity in Christ. And he's equipped us all uniquely. Um, he, you know, we have our primary identity in, in Jesus Christ, um, but then he's also added unique aspects uh, to each one of us in, in the form of giftings and so on. And, and we need to play those out, but they need to come from a true picture, a true understanding of our identity in him as opposed to a warped identity based perhaps on, you know, childhood challenges or um, things that well-meaning parents did or said. Um, and so that's where that intervention idea comes from is, is releasing what I call past programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I should give you a really uh, quick idea. The um, neuroscientists right now are saying that approximately, so by the age of 35, so before our time, Troy, but um, by the age of 35, approximately 95% of our thoughts in a given day are subconscious. In other words, we're unaware of them. And so most of those are automatic programs that do things like run our physiology so they keep our hearts beating and our, our breath moving through our lungs and all those types of things. But it's also things like how to drive a car, but that's an automatic program now. You don't have to go through all the sequence of events in knowing how to drive a car every time you get into one, right? So all of those things become automatic programs, but along with some of those kind of menial tasks, there are also automatic programs around who we believe ourselves to be. And if those aren't in alignment with who God says that we are and who he designed us to be, that's when we're going to get into trouble because our automatic behaviors will always align with our true identity um, that we hold in our subconscious mind. So uh, it's fine. That's very interesting because I had an observation. I've been in kind of men's communities for many years. And my observation was that men started showing up in their 30s. Um, and, uh, and specifically, I wrote a blog called uh, Most Men Don't Wake Up Till Their 30s. And, and it was in this observation that, that uh, in their 30s, the program that they've been running starts to fail them. Marriage starts going south. Kids start, you know, things with work, things with kids, things with you know, secret sins, all this stuff starts to just kind of start to reveal its ugly head in their 30s. And they they start to be open to maybe the way that I've been doing life, there's another way. And then you have all these sort of men in their late 30s and up who are like, yeah, there's another way. Are you open to hear it? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a great insight. It's, um, It's cool to hear you um, you know, that the fact that you've already kind of um, understood or you've seen some of these things kind of play out and can put a timeline to it um, over a broader number of guys. Yeah, 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 it is very fascinating. And then you get the, the, young, the young 
folks that are, you know, very maybe healthy relationally, inter intergenerationally, and so they might come up in their early 20s. But somewhere between like the early 20s and the mid 30s, uh, guys are on autopilot. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So so to, okay. So how does and so how do you I, maybe reprogram yourself? I, I understand that there would be sort of maybe through some testing or some some good conversation the exposure of false ideas or uh, identities. But then but then like what do you do? Like how do how do what is it what does that look like to do something with? Okay, so I have a false identity of I'm an overweight person. Yeah, you now what? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so there. It's interesting. There are um, there are several ways to kind of achieve this. Two two primary ways. Um, they're equally viable, equally effective. Um, what I did, and, and I'll tell you the story. It's kind of odd, <laughs> but um, Where, I we, think we, it will help. We focus on odd here. Pardon me, sorry. We focus yeah. on odd here. <laughs> That makes me happy. So I'll, I'll share the odd story then. Um, so when I was 11 or 12 and that incident occurred that really locked in my identity as someone who is overweight, I was playing Frisbee at the time with my shirt off, right, when I, um, when this man made fun of me uh, for my appearance. And he did it a few times and um, made a big deal about it. And I still, like, I remember the laughter, right, his laughter. Um, so what I did is I actually, through um, reading of scripture and, and realizing who God created me to be, right? God did not create my body to be unhealthy. His intent for my body was to, to be healthy and whole. Hmm. And so through um, gathering a, a, a strong understanding of, of God's intent for me, um, and then what I actually did, and it happened in an instant, um, so I'm, I'm a very analytical guy, extremely analytical, um, but the method that I use, and there are two, is more of a contemplative method. It's more um, I envisioned my lean, strong, healthy body, and it was literally one session I can show you, like literally where I was sitting in my home, um, and I imagined myself on a beach with my family, and my son Jonah and I were playing Frisbee in this vision. I had my shirt off again, but this time when I looked down, I saw six-pack abs. Very different than when I was 11 or 12. Hmm. And in that moment, some friends happened to be walking along the beach, and uh, my friend pointed out that you couldn't believe I had actually done what I said I was going to do. You know, I was going to uh, shift my identity. I was going to get healthy, and I had done it. And take a look at, like, wow, dude, you're 40 plus, and you don't have the typical dad bod. And right, so I, I just imagined this with as much realism as I could. And in that moment, what happened when I opened my eyes? Um, so I had, for um, better or worse, but I had been a cigar smoker for many years, and my desire for cigars was gone in an instant. My, um, I used to uh, enjoy red wine. That desire was gone. And that was not my intent. 
but what I realized, what I came to learn afterwards that is so, so powerful, whatever your subconscious ideas are, um, your beliefs are around the identity that you aspire to, when you inherit that identity, you will automatically inherit the behaviors. And so I knew all along when I was smoking cigars for years that even though I would say I'm not inhaling and all that nonsense, I knew it wasn't a healthy practice, right? And I knew that at best alcohol, for instance, were empty calories, uh, whatever else your view is on, on drinking alcohol. But um, so I knew that they weren't productive, they weren't health-promoting activities in my life. So when my identity shifted in that instant, my desire for those at best empty practices disappeared and in their place what I suddenly had was an urge to exercise my body regularly and I began doing that just on autopilot no willpower required no effort and I my eating cleaned up in an instant I was on a rampage to research uh, effective eating habits uh, and adopted those again without any willpower required and the beauty is have been able to sustain that um, also again because it was the identity that shifted so it was now my new identity as someone who is healthy that is driving my automatic behaviors as opposed to the old identity of someone who is overweight driving my automatic behaviors mm. thank you for sh for sharing that so so if people are interested in 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 you know, addressing this side of their, their life, either identity or, or health or, or some combination, like where, where should they go? What, how can they follow up with you? Sure. Uh, so I've set up a, uh, a website um, for the, uh, the Identity Intervention Health Course for Health, uh, and it's at identityinterventionframework.com. And uh, you'll find there uh, an online workshop, which is a, like an online course. Um, three of the six lessons, um, this tells you how fresh this is. Uh, three of the six lessons are populated, and the other three will be populated here in the next month. Mm -hmm. um, but they do, each one of them requires some time to um, process and to work through the actual content. Uh, but that would definitely be the best place. And then I'm on Instagram is where I do most of my social media posting as well uh, and a good opportunity to interact there as well. And, and what's that Instagram address? It is uh, Identity Intervention. Okay, awesome. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for coming on the show. I... I um, uh, I mean, personally, I, I mean, I'm going to be taking away from this conversation and in really working on my own sort of uh, disconnect um, as I struggle physically with different things. Uh, it, it really makes a lot of sense what you're saying, and um, and I just haven't really ever put this. I've never looked at it from this vantage point, and uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's really good what the Lord has entrusted you you with. Yeah. And, and Troy, people can get a, um, the first lesson uh, is available for free. Um, so if they go to Identity Intervention Framework, uh, partway down, there's an orange section, um, and they can sign up for the first lesson. And what that first lesson will do is help you become really uh, aware of the um, inner chatter um, that's going on in your mind. And 
that is powerful because that really points to what your actual current identity is. Um, so it, it's too easy to go through a day and not realize what all that inner chatter is saying. Um, and so there's a, a download at the end and a lot of instruction um, that will kind of walk you through exactly how to uh, be able to get some of that written down so that you can begin to build some evidence of what are my current identities, whether it's around health or different areas. Mm -hmm. That sounds so good. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for reaching out. I, I just know this is going to be so uh, impactful for those that are listening. We'll follow up and, and uh, stay warm up there, okay? That's awesome. Thank you so much, Troy. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more information on The Kindling Fire, go to our website, thekindlingfire.com. There you can learn how you can join the Firestarters. That is a community that I'm sending free e-courses, Bible devotionals. We're doing special challenges to really help you guys move towards the dreams that God has placed in you. I'm also on Instagram at The Kindling Fire. And as always, be awesome.